sorry. <laughs> Somebody's fucking car alarm immediately started going off. Yep, immediately. <laughs> the minute I hit record, they're either like an engine and their base <laughs> or just like a car alarm. And I'm like, cool, there it goes. It's happening. It's happening. Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> Your weekly podcast bringing you sweet treats from the world of music and car alarm sounds. Yeah. And we're your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And we have another special fun filled guest friend time pod episode. And time friend times. And time friend times. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. We're using that. Good one. And time friend times episode. Because this week we have our lovely, wonderful friend, David from Blame Ya Brother. Hi. Hello. I like yeah, that thanks. you waved like you were <laughs> just waving to us. Why not? You can hear, if, you listen, yeah, if you listen carefully, you can hear it. So. <laughs> the swish of your hand going back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we have David on so we can talk about something that we haven't talked about yet something that's been on my list of shit to talk about for a while for a long time that we never got around to and i'm very glad that we're doing it today yes we're doing it with our good friend we are going to be talking about our favorite protest songs which i think is a good topic for us to round out the podcast with because we scream a lot yeah we do we scream a lot (laughs) about sorry bullshit injustices and all that shit so yeah yeah we're just we're just real like you know wiggity woke white girls (laughs) (laughs) sure we'll go with that that's how that works and wiggity woke white girls and our wiggity woke friends yes (laughs) who is white but not a girl kind of a woke middle middle aged white man so that's that's perfect yeah yeah yes. well i actually i kind of like that you're on here for this episode because you're kind of a reformed republican i guess i oh, would yeah. say a hundred percent yeah it's kind of nice to have somebody who has a perspective that i don't actually encounter very often so and your choices are quite interesting so i'm very excited to hear what you have to say about them seriously for sure i i noticed the theme i literally just picked my favorite ones like just off the cuff and then i i really looked at and went oh okay (laughs) the constant theme through the whole thing but yeah yeah this makes a lot of sense for me i i see my journey through these four songs (laughs) yes especially i mean on top of that i used to work for the police department you know, That's for 18 true. years. So, oh, I actually don't think I remember hearing about that. Yes. I probably did, but I forgot it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when you, so you, when you have in, some inside scoop on, on some shit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you're in it and you're around these people and they're like who they are, I mean, you really, you see like who's real and who's not, you know, like, of yeah. course, anyone can go on TV and do an interview, but like all these things that happen. I definitely have a different perspective on it because I can see it from the police angle. I can see it from the people's angle, which is a lot of the time, you know, right, but not all the time. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting for sure, you know. So, yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, that's really awesome, though. Um, definitely will be interested to hear all of us talk about our picks. Actually, not me, not so much me. I'm, Why? I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like, this is a good song. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not nearly as eloquent as anyone else that we ever have on this i mean to be honest my notes this time around are very ineloquent so 
I'm just probably going to be like, yeah, I like this song too. Look, I'm just convinced that I'm here because I know how to edit. (laughs) (laughs) I've just been here for four years because I know how to edit. That's called imposter syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, but like it's better because like old imposter syndrome, Maggie would be like, God, I hope they don't realize I don't know how to edit. (laughs) Now I'm like, I know how to edit. Yeah. <laughs> I know I know how to edit when I have to walk my boyfriend through editing his podcast. Well, there you he go. He started one a couple months ago and I'm like, no, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it all wrong. No, <laughs> no, I'll just do it. You know what? Just let me do it. <laughs> well, he's doing it on his own. No, now. he is. He's he's very good at it. He's a big boy. He can handle like it. RPGs. Um, you should go listen to the judgment zone. The judgment ring. Wow. <laughs> the judgment I, zone. The judgment ring. And um judgment ring. <laughs> Sorry, I got that wrong, darling. Anyway, let's uh let's talk about our pick. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm gonna go into beer because I literally just picked out whatever I had left in my fridge. Oh yeah, I no, I did not do anything thematic. This and- is like post-holiday beers left in my fridge. Yeah. Are you uh having any special beverages tonight, friendo? I mean, I could lie and say I am, but no, I'm not. <laughs> um if I did, I would have brought up i do have kings of leon beer in the in really the i didn't know they had a beer so does it taste it, like fiery sex which i assume is chlamydia <laughs> i wish no i don't wish i guess but it would be clever <laughs> yeah it's it's by a local company called happen harry's they're a tennessee brewery and uh-huh. they partnered up with kings of leon it's i think it's called i think it's called neon leon i think is the official name of it oh but it's actually it's a pretty good beer it's like uh it's like it's kind of like a lager i think is what it's built at it tastes you know if you like i that's what i like to drink i don't like ipas or all that other Mm -hmm. stuff people love so it's pretty good but so i can say i'm drinking that it would be a lie i'm I'm not (laughs) but still now now we just learned about a king's leon beer that we will never drink yeah (laughs) actually i don't know I, i like a nice lager i mean good for them they have a beer. I look, I, Kings of Leon, and I've talked about this with many people in bars here, whatever. <laughs> Kings of Leon first couple of albums are fantastic. Yeah. If you, if you like that genre of music, you know, I think with any band, if you put out three good albums and then you want to sell out, I think you're you're allowed to do that. I mean, honestly, what do you want these bands to do? Be in a van for the rest of their life? Like even Metallica, I get it. It's like it depends on date. what you mean by selling out, too. It's like, right. are you just getting are you just getting more popular and selling more albums? Like that's right. not selling out. That's just there's, making it. There's also there's also the whole quality issue. Like if you're going big and you're you know trying to be like a stadium band as opposed to a club band, that's totally fine as long as you keep the quality of your music good. Right. I don't know if Kings of Leon really did that. But then again, I after that sex is on fire bullshit, I I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, I don't need any more of this. So maybe maybe their quality was better after that. I don't know because I never listened to it. But you were like, I'm done. If you want to sell out and still keep your your quality good, fine. Make that money. All right. So we are gonna kick off our protest songs. Each of us have four. Round mm-hmm. Robin style, and we are going to start with our guests because that's how we do it here. We're nice, irrelevant fifty-year-old witches. We really are. We're nice. So yes, we are going to have Dave kick it off here with his number or his first pick. And why don't you go ahead and tell us what that is? This is Bob Dylan, Hurricane, 
And, you know, if you, I, I'm, I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. My first son's middle name is Dylan. From oh, Bob Dylan. oh well, there you go. I know he's, and he's polarizing. I get it. But I love any artist with a, number one, I like artists with a voice that are outside the norm of, oh, he's got a great voice. Bob Dylan, Tom Waits, kind of like that thing. I love that. Uh, hold steady. I mean, you can keep going. Uh, but anyway, so Hurricane was written about a boxer. Make sure I say his name right here. Oh, uh, Reuben Hurricane Carter, who uh-huh. was imprisoned and falsely. And so yep. basically songs about racism at the time, pro- racial profiling, and then uh, describes it basically it led to a false trial and a conviction of this man who, and this is back, you know, 1976 is when the album came out. So you can see that the police brutality, false imprisonment, all these things, you know, false convictions has been around, obviously, for, you know, ever, you know, oh, forever, I mean, that's yeah. basically the genesis of, you know, when black were, were freed and entered the market, that's, that's what entirely what it was. It was, you know, just basically a prison camp for people who didn't have anything else to do. So, you know, I like it. Uh, I, I love this song. It's one of my favorite Bob Dylan songs for sure. It's, it's a long one. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> quite like, why, why don't we play a little bit of a yeah, clip? We're going to play just a quick clip a of quick. this eight and a half minute song. <laughs> it is it is it is a pop and that violence those violence solos yeah the choice no, it's, it's a great song i mean it yeah is. and by the way bob dylan like the reason i love him is just i mean number one he influ- influenced the beatles heavily you know without bob dylan the beatles that we know are just not in existence oh so, no you know. bob dylan definitely influenced a huge amount of artists right you almost know, but everybody I, that we talk about right is influenced in some way by mm-hmm. bob dylan right mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think, you know, for him, he made a lot of protests. This isn't the only one he ever made. Yeah. And I think that was yeah. part of his appeal. And he was following Woody Guthrie's, you know, protest song. He was kind of carrying that on. And, you know, very important artist and very important subject that, you know, look, I don't want albums full of protests. So I get it. I don't want like tracks one through 12, but to throw <laughs> one on an album that could help a cause, you know. I think that's important for artists to do every once in a while, especially during this era when he put it out. Um, you know, I think he was already pretty established as a folk singer, but this came out in like what? 70, 1976. Wow. Really that late? Yeah. Well, shit. He's been putting out protest songs for fucking decades. at that Yeah. Like years. Right. Yeah. so. (laughs) So like, you know, this is, I, I don't want to say par for the course for Bob Dylan, but I feel like this is one of his most powerful ones. And to to release this in 76 after he's like been around the block several hundred times at right. this point, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I mean, he's ha- he's already had a pretty extensive career at this point. And this is like 
after like the whole everyone booed him because he played an electric guitar. How dare he? I, I, I will always give Dylan this. I'm like, no, don't boo the man for playing electric. <laughs> Please, your high horse, remove yourself yeah. from it. Because the what? <laughs> Please step down. Let let an artist like grow. It's fine. They, they not only booed him, they, they called him Judas, which I mean, oh my God, I understand. Like, that's it's insane. Like, yeah. like can you, you imagine <laughs> no. what your life is like <laughs> if the most horrendous thing that ever happened was your favorite artist started playing an electric guitar? I wish that was my biggest problem. The privilege. Um, <laughs> but like, why would anybody boo somebody for that? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Dylan is fine. I don't like Dylan fans, like Dylan mega <laughs> yeah. fans who are like, oh my God, Bob Dylan's like the best thing ever. This 19 minute song about JFK no, that yeah. he released 40 that, years after everything. He's that was, that was criminal. No, that was yeah. criminal. <laughs> we, when I was a band, we were playing a, like a little hipster East Nashville spot. And I remember I was going to go talk to the, I always like to go talk to the bar owner and just say, Hey, here's yeah. who we are. Blah, blah, blah. That's what you do. And that guy was waxing on about this Bob Dylan rare vinyl he had for this guy for like five minutes. So I was like, I'm out of here. I'm not talking. To this guy. So <laughs> I'm yes, good. I, I know the people you're talking about and they, yes. they are terrible people. Like it's like, <laughs> they, he probably was at the show booing him truthfully. I mean, that was, <laughs> wow. so, yeah. that is upsetting. That's yeah. too bad. And Bob Dylan is a little pretentious at times. I mean, you know, so I get it. Like yeah. if these artists get a little too serious, Dylan, Bono, you you know you can go through oh, the yeah. list of people. It's like, all right, chill out, dude. I mean, you know, you wrote some good music. You're a good artist, but right. <laughs> I will I will jump in with my first yeah. pick here, um, and that is going to be uh, Gil Scott Heron. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater, and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on report from 29 District. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. Tell me more about that flute. <laughs> that flute, though. <laughs> that's that's some sweet flute solo. It's nice. It is. So um, Gil Scott Heron first recorded this song for his 1970 album, Small Talk, at 125th and Lennox, on which he just recited the lyrics and was accompanied by congos and bongo drums. And then he re-recorded this version with a full band, and it was just a B-side to his first single, Home is Where the Hatred Is, from his album, Pieces of a Man. I want to hear that song. Yeah, I, I meant to listen to that. I didn't. The song's title was originally a popular slogan among the 1960s Black Power movement in the U.S., because of course it is. Mm -hmm. um, and this song is a response to the spoken word piece, When the Revolution Comes, by the last poets, from their eponymous 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 debut <laughs> you know i'm terrible <laughs> at that word which opens with the line when the roof when the revolution comes some of us will probably catch it on tv and these lyrics are commonly misunderstood 
especially now when people say the revolution will be televised slash live stream slash tweeted because under Gil's original meaning, no, it won't. Like, yeah. I think people really <laughs> like misunderstand this- what the revolution will not be televised means. It's like, no, if you want to be, if you want to see the revolution, you, you have to be, be a in part it. Part of it. Yeah. Right. And actually, I think it's really fucking funny that people misunderstand it because how many people now are so, um, what is that fucking word for people who like, you know, they'll do like the, the blackout day, but then they'll, and they'll be like, oh my uh, God, I'm fake. like so for. <laughs> fake <laughs> besides fake like they're like oh god like uh like they're they're playing at being um like an ally pretending or i mean there's a term for it though and i'm yeah. gonna learn it later and well, be mad that yeah, i forgot I it we're gonna scream it out in the middle of somebody else's podcast in three <laughs> weeks yes yeah. that's what we're gonna do but i think it's funny that a lot of people are like oh no because it's 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 televised now and like we live stream the revolution and like oh you see it on tiktok and i'm like but you're not there if you're watching it on tiktok and that's what he's saying but also we didn't have those things when he recorded the song yeah so (laughs) obviously he's not talking about that i this isn't meant to be ironic yeah like he opens with saying you're not going to be able to sit this out and plug in your tv this verse already outlines the tone of the poem as he's stating that when the revolution comes, one will not be able to plug in their television and watch passively from the comfort of their home. Yeah. He argues that change can only come with active participation, a message that he stresses throughout the poem. The revolution is bigger than a march or protest. This is all encompassing something that can't be caught on camera. The revolution does put you in the driver's seat, though. Like somebody should re-record it and say the revolution is not going to be on Hulu tomorrow. <laughs> The revolution is not going to be on your TikTok, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's that's I love that song. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it speaks to, you know, I, I didn't write the song, but it, I think it speaks <laughs> to why would why would the white man at the time even put the revolution on air anyway? Right. That's I mean, right. like, you know, this is a, this is a speak to black power. This is speak to civil rights, you know, and you think ABC is going to lead with that when right or whatever's coming on? Like, no, you know, yeah. so, so there's a lot of layers to this song. Right. Like, yeah, I, the, he was probably thinking of that too. Like all of the people that are the heads of all of these major television networks are white men. They mm-hmm. are not going to be airing any sort of rally or right. demonstration or, you know, protest or anything that any, um group like the black panthers are going to organize right of course they're not going well, to of course not. they're terrified of that <laughs> the nfl essentially said we're going to stop players from taking a knee in <laughs> in this era right like in this era like they were yeah. like yo do not come after our money so basically yeah. if you will, we're going to spend you and then i think he got kind of hip and they were like, oh we're gonna allow it now no one does it anymore because it defeats the message of every you know so yeah it's 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 got layers to it obviously and it's still it's still around today and i know the people you're talking about like oh look at me i'm at black lives matter like dude you were there for like five minutes and then you you went there took your selfie and you left somebody who is literally live streaming themselves with their angles and like i'm at i'm at a protest it's like no white bitch that's not how you do it you you walk with them but you also like you talk the talk too like if you see shit going down that's not right at your workplace if you see like 
somebody, a person of color getting treated like shit, you know, Speak out up. in public, you say right. something, you know, and you use patronize black businesses, patronize black that, businesses, yes. like all of that shit. Yeah. You donate you to use, black charities. Use your privilege as a white person to come up and be like, yo, like this ain't right. And that I don't care if this makes me look bad. Yeah. I'm going to say the right thing. Because- and that is another layer to the whole the revolution will not be televised. Don't do things that are going to get you attention. Do them because they are right. Yes, do them not right because then. somebody is going to be filming you doing it and putting it on the internet. Yeah, and I think too, it's interesting to um, even still say the tele the revolution. I keep saying the television will not be revolutionized. <laughs> well, that too, <laughs> the revolution will not be televised. Because think about it this way too: the media, no matter what side you're on or what you believe or who ha what. The media is always going to twist everything to fit their narrative. Yeah. And true. that's and that's kind of like the the end of everything too. Where it's like it still won't be televised. It won't be televised in truth because you're not going to see what's actually happening on either side. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So that's that's my Ugh, that's my speech. I'm already getting angry. Oh, she's getting feisty. I'm already getting worked up. <laughs> is it the second beer, second cider talking? Maybe. <laughs> I already had a drink before I came here, so. Oh, damn. You were pre-gaming. Well, now it's my first pick. It is your first pick. Let's do it. Might might think it's weird, but it's not. It's not. Um, this is This Land is Your Land by Woody Guthrie. There was a big high wall there that tried to stop me. The sign was painted. It said private property. But on the back side, it didn't say nothing. This land was made for you and me. When the sun comes shining, then I was strolling, and the wheat fields waving, and the dust cloud rolling. A voice was chanting as the fog was lifting. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land, and this land is my land. California to the New York Island. Or was it? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So people listening might be wondering, what the fuck are you talking about? This is a song we sang in elementary school, like at least once a week. (laughs) How can this be a protest song? But this is one of the most well-known American folk songs, so much so that children sang it in school. Almost as much as the Star Spangled Banner. But not a lot of people know that the song was originally not so patriotic. So Woody was originally from Oklahoma. And he was in the Merchant Marines. He'd hitchhiked and hopped trains all over the country when he was like a teenager, early 20s. And this was during the Depression and the Dust Bowl and some of the hardest times the United States has ever seen. So it's safe to say that he has seen some shit. (laughs) (laughs) seen some shit man and during his travels the top hit of the late 1930s was irving berlin's god bless america like how great like one of the most ridiculously patriotic songs during one of the most depressing and like horrible and poor times the united states has ever seen (laughs) this checks this 100 checks it was played on the radio so much that woody was like that's it i fucking hate this song america is not that great guys let me tell you about it 
So he wrote this song in response with a more realistic and sarcastic view of the United States. And in 1940, he wrote the lyrics to This Land is Your Land and put the words to the tune of When the World's on Fire by the Carter Family. So though This Land was Your Land, This Land is Your Land was written in 1940, it wasn't recorded until 1951. Oh. And since then, a lot of the original words have been changed and just straight up lost. Hmm. Um, but it's interesting because the clip you played is one of the lost, quote unquote, lost verses. Oh, yeah. No, I loved that verse. I was yeah. like, hmm. So it was originally titled God Blessed America for Me and included scathing for the time commentary on the treatment of poor and native americans i, don't know, I think it, this, he still throws some shade he does absolutely <laughs> so some of the lost verses one verse is there was a big high wall there that tried to stop me the sign was painted said private property but on the backside, it didn't say nothing this land was made for you and me oh yeah that's why i was i was like ooh. This yeah. is some shade. And I then there's it. another one that says, One bright sunny morning in the shadow of the steeple, by the relief office, I saw my people. As they stood there hungry, I stood wondering if God blessed America for me. Mm. Makes you think a little bit. It's a little bit. Some people think that these verses were left off of the original recording because it being 1951 and smack in the middle of McCarthyism. That they leaned a little bit too communist and Woody Guthrie didn't want to end up on the shit end of that stick. Yeah. Which I get. Yeah. But I just think it's really strange how this song started off very critical <laughs> of America and its governmental policies and, and its treatment of the poor and everything like that. And it has become like so ingrained in our like in just our being as americans that fucking elementary school children sing this a lot yeah a lot yeah 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 i like used yeah we used to sing it 100 percent. like yeah i mean all of the time so and it was billed as this super patriotic song and it's like what did woody guthrie think about that he's rolling in his grave it but like I should have done a little bit more research to see like when this song really started to get like pushed into children's brains, probably not until like the eighties when the cold war was really, yeah, I was going to say like, it's definitely got to be like this level of like scare around the same time that they put under God in the pledge of allegiance and in God, we trust on coins Yeah, probably around the same time which is like cold war time yeah yeah so probably like 70s and 80s this really got like fucking nailed into our brains that this is super patriotic and it's actually not it's it's very critical of the united states and very critical of um our treatment of the poor which Mm -hmm. is still a problem yeah and you're right he's seeing like the real shit for what it is and then he's calling it out yeah it's kind of crazy how folk music especially older folk music 40s 50s 60s has become very ingrained in american culture and very um like this is this is what america is this is americana and it's like most of it is like fuck you america you suck yeah, like every john steinbeck book <laughs> yeah and like so much like deep 
Appalachia um, music is very critical of the United States, Mm -hmm. but on the flip side, still very proud of who they are. So maybe that's how like it became so Americana, so patriotic to some people, but also like school children singing this (laughs) in school (laughs) and like during assemblies and shit just reminds me of when like Trump walks out on stage to um, Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater (laughs) Revival. It's like, no, no. Did you actually listen to this song? No, no, that's not what this song is about. No, no, (laughs) but no. No. yeah that's a whole yeah nationalism is something i as i've gotten older obviously when i was in school in the cold war i mean i was all in right i was like yeah i'll sing your little song we all sing were. Pledge of like right of course we were indoctrinated yeah but as i've got nationalism is the stupid it is the <laughs> dumbest thing ever like it's like number one because i get in debates with people especially on the right and and they're like you know america and i'm like did you I just asked this one. I was like, did you choose to be born here? And they're like, no. And I go, then how can you be proud of where you were randomly selected? If you literally were born anywhere else, yeah, you would be yeah. pr- proud to be born there. Like, and you're right. And the reason that song, number one, it sounds catchy as hell. Right. I mean, right. So, and number two, people are stupid. Like, like people <laughs> speak of you too. People get married to the song one. Stop by it. You nope. like, Dude, no. have you ever listened to anything besides the title? It's yeah. people are just stupid. They hear what they want to hear and that's it. And that's the majority yeah. of people. They yeah. hear the first line in the song. And they're like, yep, nailed it. That's Don't it. even need to hear the rest of the song. <laughs> nailed it. Done. Right. So, Back it up. I mean, We're taking it to the wedding. And there's other USA songs. I don't know if they're on your list or anything by a certain guy from New Jersey. No, that, they're not on our list. Okay. They're not. So, talk about it. But I right, understand. So, yeah. Born in the USA. Like everyone was like, hell yeah, man. Born in the USA. It's like, dude, that's no. like a anti-Vietnam yeah. war. Song, dude. Like, but like, have you listened to any of Bruce Springsteen's discography? Because right. and, mm, pretty much mm. all of his songs are about like, man, New Jersey sucks, right? <laughs> yeah. But like, being poor is hard. <laughs> but let's talk about America as a whole. Sucks, right? Right. <laughs> like, Am I right, though? <laughs> But also New Jersey. Also New Jersey. <laughs> I'm sorry, New Jersey. It's... You're you know what? You got your high points. You're not great, but, but you're, you're there. The worst, but you're there. You're not in last place. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. Now we've talked a bunch about America. Yep. Uh, let's go on to Dave's next pick. What do you got for us, friendo? All right, I got one, probably my favorite song on the list. I did, but Rage Against Machine, Killing in the Name. Hell yeah. So, so did you want to play some from that? Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Some of those that work forces are the same that brought crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that brought crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that brought crosses. Uh! 
let that go for a minute because I mean, I could jam. go for. I mean, um, <laughs> this could go for a while. <laughs> I mean, I could talk about the song for years, but <laughs> you know, I it's literally I'm not. When I try to explain, like I have, so I have a 13 year old and 11 year old, right? And so I'm trying to explain to them how the world works, but you don't want to be like too harsh. You don't want to be like, you know. Um, See, that's why I'm not a parent because I would be way too harsh and they so would be right. <laughs> So you got to walk a line, you know, but <laughs> just in the last year or two, I was like, I want, I want you to listen to this song because A, it kicks ass, you know, let's be honest. But B, I was like, I want you to like, not, we were driving around. I was like, you need to listen to what this is saying. I mean, like, especially here, like in the South, when he yeah. said, are the ones that burn crosses? Like, no, they literally, they are like, yeah. I, I would have, I can think of no greater fear in life, honestly, than driving through some of the areas my relatives live in being a black man, like, just mm. forget about it. Like I've worked with people. And I said, I won't even go to this town because it will end badly. And like I said, working at the police department, look, obviously not every cop's a racist, but there are, there are a number of them that are racist. I mean, mm -hmm. like I said, especially when you're behind closed doors and you know them and it's like little, I've heard many racist jokes working there. Right. And mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of crazy. But, but like you say, I mean, this song probably speaks more to especially what's happened in the last few years than a lot of songs that are out today. I mean, like it, it speaks strongly to it. It's, you know, they are literally killing black men in the streets. And mm -hmm. I know people go, well, there's, they kill a lot of white people. And it's like, well, oh my we're not God. talking numbers. We're talking percentages. Right. So mm -hmm. like, African what about is, like 20, is, is bullshit. Right. I mean, so African Americans are 25% of the population, but like there's 70% of the prison population. Like dude, yeah. that doesn't even make sense. Don't even do any, like, I don't right. even understand percentages and I understand. <laughs> right. You know what <laughs> I'm like, saying? It's like that, it's like, that is, yes. that does not mean more white people are being right. prosecuted. It does. No, it doesn't correlate. Well, and I mean, you know what, how about the cops don't unjustly kill anyone? Yeah. Okay. Like how it doesn't matter like, what color you are. Right. Don't fucking shoot people that you pull over at a traffic stop. Yeah. That, How about that? That's always been an argument too. Like, well, okay, are you cool with them killing the white people? I mean, Seriously. it's like, it's like uh, so it's just, I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. Like, and I, you know, I've, I've gone to school. I've gone to college for criminal justice. We talked about it there. And, and inherently the problem is, and no one, you know, and it, it comes back into socioeconomics as well mm -hmm. as, as race. But a lot of the police officers come from uneducated, poor backgrounds, right? I mean, if it's they a don't lot of people paid, that can't afford to go to college, right? So they opt to go to yes. the police academy, yeah, right. to the which police in the military, arguably, right. is not a very long program. It's like six months, mm -hmm. which isn't the, long yeah, enough. The, the one in Nashville, six months. The state academies are like two months sometimes. You know, what? like you're thinking, wow, like that's that's insane. like. The one in Nashville is one of the, it's one of the better ones in the country, but yeah, some of them are short. Some of them for a while were just like, wow. as long as you get certified, whatever that means. And as long as you can run fast. Yeah. It is hard to not just look at a person and outward be like, you're a hateful piece of shit. Right. Because it is important to, to sometimes step back and like, see, okay. Like, yeah. Like you said, like, and like we were talking about with our logo or, Woody Guthrie, Woody Guthrie, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. Um, 
it's it's a socioeconomic thing it's like the poor are the poor at the end of the day and it's like they are not educated because the government does not want them educated because the government wants them to be like ignorant towards each other the government wants us fighting each other and sometimes it's hard to that's easier that. to control them yeah it's easier to control us if we're all just like if you're on the left and you're like fuck the people on the right if you're on the right and you're like fuck the people on the left and you just like fucking meh, 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 i hate you you're not thinking about what laws and bullshit they're passing in yeah. washington when you're in fighting no yes so like the republican playbook like yeah. is they love to find they love it when like a, a successful black man though comes from a lower oh, income because yeah. oh, yeah. you're just like this guy did it look and i'm like yeah that's one guy out of like a thousand people is yeah, that yeah. really that's what you're promoting this one guy made it maybe he got lucky maybe you know and but for yeah, that I one hate when, I hate one people, dude that made it there's right mil- thousands yeah. to millions of others right. that need yes. that help but yeah. so like bringing it back to the rage song what i do like about against rage against the machine is that their pretty much entire catalog is political and it's like angry political and they, they don't down. back down they don't feminine system of a down it's like when you're like just angry at the system you can go to their songs oh, yeah. and be like yeah fuck the system yeah. yeah and they came out with this shit well before like anything going on now could even have been predicted or maybe it could have but like not that long ago i'm trying to no, remember what no, album this you're was right off of. this was off their it's off their first one uh right. it's a self-titled Ooh, time ago yeah it was like Not 90, evil empire, right? 91 or yeah. was that evil empire no evil empire was 94 ish oh man okay. i remember yeah. i because i remember being like 17 driving around with the uh, evil empire in the car and and like i was <laughs> like i said i was a huge republican and I remember looking through the booklet <laughs> of the CD and I was like, oh, my God, there's a bunch of communist stuff in here. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and now no. you like, were you as soon as you played this, you also played Fortunate Son by CC. Right, yeah, all right like, after yeah, it. <laughs> um, you know, now coming back now, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I love communism. I'm like, uh, maybe there's more truth than socialism than we want to give it credit for. You know, I know mm-hmm. I, once again, nothing's really it's all got to be a little bit of everything right yeah, I mean, any extreme form of any ideas bad Not, times but yeah right like extreme forms of communism have proven that they don't work but we right. can meet somewhere in the middle nope. and it will work nope. right but like that's why i'm glad you're on this show right now talking about these songs because like it's proof that you can grow yeah, and you right. can well, yeah. understand things differently like you it doesn't have to be black or white Mm-mm. you I hope can so. like yeah shit's hard <laughs> shit no, is it, hard it, it, I, and i think my problem was like my dad grew up he was poor like i mean him and my mom were poor you know growing up yeah. and he grew up in a segregated neighborhood and he and one thing I, in my household was never like there was never any of this you're better than the black people better than this we were just my mom constantly was like you're better than no one i was like that's that's a good message but oh. you know as as we continue to grow and I was in the church, like Church of Christ, which is like hardcore. <laughs> like, yeah, let's, let's yes. be the most strict one. I just, it was <laughs> just put in my head that that's the party of the Republicans. Where I'm like, well, well, God loves Republicans, you know, and <laughs> and so you just cling on to that when you're a teenager because you're not, you know, you're kind of a dumb teenager. And it's just yeah. when you get older and you're like, uh, you know, wait a minute. It's, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like when you're in a room with a bunch of weirdos and you look around and you go oh wait i'm a weirdo it's kind of like <laughs> i'm here because i'm a weirdo right and you're looking around at these republicans going these guys are kind of shitheads and you're like 
oh shit, I gotta get out of this room, you know. So I, <laughs> I look at it like that, you know. It's you just gotta look around people, look yeah. at your surroundings. So yeah, I but wish more even, people could do that. Yeah, I wish I more wish. people could look at their surroundings, and be like, oh, I'm the fuck face. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Turns oh, out, yes. oh, I gotta get out of here. Oh. Fuck. Yeah. Well, let's move on to more songs that can make us angry. Or actually, I don't know. This, <laughs> this doesn't make me as angry. This is kind of maybe uplifting. I don't know. So my next pick is The Clash. Know your rights. I bet it was really hard picking one Clash song. Yeah, for this list. Yeah, especially off of Combat Rock. Yeah, it's no. called Combat Rock for fuck's sake. Yeah, but can we talk about real quick how awesome the Clash is? Yeah, <laughs> we never got to do that in our actual podcast, so I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that would have been one I'd love to do. God, we do randomly get struck with the man. I would have loved to fucking do an episode on that though. Yeah. But also, yeah. like, it's amazing to not have to do 20 hours of notes in a week. So that's fun. It's kind of nice. It I don't know what to nice. do. I literally don't know what to do my- with myself. Oh, I have so anymore. much I get to do now. It's so, so good. So much room so for good. activities. So much room for activities. So the lyrics to Know Your Rights are a very sarcastic look at oppression of the poor and working classes. Never mind, this is going to piss us off. <laughs> Via limiting their human rights. Joe Strummer likely wrote them as a sarcastic response to a series of public service announcements in poor areas reminding civilians of their basic human rights. This would certainly explain the, uh, this is a public service announcement <laughs> with guitars. I thought that was just what line. they, I thought they just did that before every single song. Well, I think <laughs> they got it from this regardless. <laughs> But um, yes, the three human rights are the right to not be killed. Murder is a crime unless it's done by a policeman or an aristocrat. Crat. No, an aristocrat. I knew I was going to fucking cat with a fucking knife. I'm going to say aristocrat. I might be behind that. Yeah. If if just if aristocrat could kill me, I'm like, all right. that's Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? Just scratch your fucking eyes out. I'm like, you know what? Like my cats, if they wanted to murder me, I'd be like, you know what? All right. One of your cats is named Murderface. Yeah, that's her surname. Yes. Uh, The second is the right to food, money, (laughs) providing, of course, you don't mind a little investigation, humiliation, and if you cross your fingers, rehabilitation. Oh. Uh, And then the right to free speech, as long as you're not dumb enough to actually try it. And this is the first song on Combat Rock from 1982. It peaked at 43 in the UK. I feel like this is one of their more. Like, just blatant, throw it out there. Hey, sucks to be poor, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially, <laughs> like, you know, like, 80s London, UK area. It's just, like, everybody really fucking hates Margaret Thatcher because she's an idiot. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, 
like vocally a relatively subdued song from them i feel like <laughs> which is hilarious which is say. hilarious because like he was still shouting at yeah you. <laughs> still like i'm gonna shout at you yeah but um i don't know it's a good one though yeah it's a different message from them i guess different message from any of the other picks that we have i kind of feel like no i think it's exactly the same oh okay it's like hey hey if you're poor you can't get shit it's oh, just it's like true. the Woody Gr- Guthrie. Fuck. You cannot say this dude's name. <laughs> He's either Arlo or Woody Guthrie. Arlo Guthrie. Arlo Guthrie. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's this common theme. It's the same. It is really the same thing because Woody Guthrie was like fucking sick of hearing God bless America. They were fucking sick of hearing these PSAs. Yeah. Of like how you can be like a proper citizen. And they're like, I'll tell you, I can be a fucking proper citizen. That's so condescending because it's like, Hey, you're poor. Your life sucks. Here's how to be a better citizen. This is a problem that is yours and you need to fix it. It has nothing to do with us. Yeah. The government big brother or yeah. anything it's your problem because mm-hmm. you're poor yeah which yes. is crazy because there's the queen like in the royal there family is. it's like are oh, you are you like God. fucking kidding me right now dude like <laughs> yeah are these like it I, I don't understand i've never understood it i guess i never will it's like this outdated i mean i guess you could argue most things are outdated but this outdated idea that this person is just holier than the rest of us like yeah. are you kidding me that's you're describing white nationalism like what, what are you kidding pretty like, much right especially I mean, we saw when it happened. comes especially when it comes to the british empire like mm, how right. much more racist can you get than the fucking british monarchy mm-hmm. exactly that's that's what's imperialism kind of, anybody yes <laughs> like, it's very bizarre i mean so it's amazing to me that they haven't just kicked them out but i kind of feel like as soon as the queen kicks it they're gonna be like fuck the monarchy we done none y'all have any titles anymore keep your fucking money we don't want it just get the fuck out of our politics and turn that fucking castle in a museum yep it belongs in a museum (laughs) this museum belongs in a museum i mean who the, the family members are running now like i don't yeah. want to do this like you know like yeah um harry's like i'm out so i don't know i just i still think this is a great song it very much just like simply and succinctly like epitomizes just it's things that, like it's so crazy it's like they made this in the early 80s after like living through like absolute garbage in the 70s and it still all stands today i mean yeah. this is all still like you know you have the right to food, you know, as long as you don't mind being humiliated and like, you know, told your scum. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same here. And it's the same still, you know, like you can have food stamps, but you're going to be looked down on as shit for it. Yeah. My family was on Wick when I was growing up and we yep. were on and, and it's embarrassing. You know, why is it embarrassing? Because people have made it that way. Yeah. It really Stigma. shouldn't be embarrassing. Right. But no, it's when well, it's, it's, it's like, we shouldn't even be giving people a hard time about this anyway. Like, I was on uh, Medicare for a hot minute. Medicaid. The point <laughs> is, I was on assistance health insurance yeah. wise. And let me tell you, you don't get very good health insurance. Like, it's not like you're getting really it's good care. Great. Like, you know, when you get around people like, oh, I'm wealthy and I've had all this, like, they just don't, they're not empathetic because they've never been there. Right. Yeah, so sometimes understand. you're like, I get why you don't care, but like if you really associate it with just some other people other than like your white wealthy friends, you you would get it. And so when we talk about like change, part of that is is literally 
just openly being around people. But yes, the healthcare in this country is yeah. it's atrocious. But like when I was a baby, we had WIC. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of hilarious now because there's a lot of people in my family that are like, you don't need government assistance. Well, I wouldn't fucking be here if we didn't have government assistance. Yeah. Right. I'm fine yeah. with it. So fucking let people fucking eat. It's a you're right. It is a fucking human right to clash. And like we have put so much time and effort and hours into working our entire lives since I was since I was fucking 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We deserve something back from the government. And the least they can do, the absolute baseline that they can fucking do for their citizens is give them the ability to live. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the world being crazy. Oh, this is my pick. Yes. Oh, oh it's time for me to talk. <laughs> it's time oh, for you to talk. I need to shut up and talk. Okay. Shut up and talk. So um, what's your song, Ashley? Uh, my next song is uh, Ball of Confusion. That's what the world is today by The Temptations. Jump on walking down with their heads in the sky. Sin is a flame in the summertime. No, it goes on. Now listen. Evolution, revolution, gun control, sound so. Shooting rockets to the moon, kids growing up too soon. Politicians say more taxes will solve everything. And the band played on. That's a sassy. Oh, you stopped it at a really good part. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But it is a really, really good song. It's a fucking Bob. I yeah. actually, I will admit, I don't know the song. It's funny you say that. I will get to that at the end of all of my extensive notes on this bullshit. <laughs> so this was a big hit for the Temptations in 1970, which is kind of like past the the yearage that people generally know the temptations for yeah, i would have said that was it past their expiration date not at all well here right here the I'm song on. uh just my imagination came out after this song no shit yeah mm. well wow i'm not yeah. old enough so this one was in 1970 just my imagination came out in 1971 oh. imagine that it's not my imagination those are facts <laughs> so at this point in 1970 Motown had been moving away from the classic Motown sound mm-hmm. to funkier, more psychedelic sounds. And this is when we get Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, Diana Ross's solo stuff, classic 1970s soulful and funky R&B. So the Temptations started out as one of those classic 1960s Motown vocal groups. Yeah. By 1970, the group was in fucking turmoil oh no holy fuck internal fighting alcoholism accusations of fraud it was a goddamn mess to a point where one of the members was such an alcoholic that they hired somebody else to sing in the like to sing his lines live and he would lip sync along to this guy because he he couldn't sing because he was so shit-faced wow that's impressive but the group was still getting hits including ball of confusion which hit number three in the u.s and top 10 in the uk so this song is kind of an anomaly because the temptations and motown in general 
were not known for their protest songs at all. But that's why I chose it because it was completely unexpected Mm -hmm. from them. And they touched on a lot of political and social issues of the time in the song, including the Vietnam War, drug abuse, segregation and white flight, corrupt politicians, unemployment, pretty much everything. They even take a swipe at the Beatles. They oh said, shit! They said that and one line was like, "In the Beatles' new album is a gas." I'm not really sure which one they were talking about. Maybe well, wait, it's 1970, so it would have been "Let It Be." So it "Let It Be" the was yeah. the one that, that came Phil out Spectre right be- right before this album came out. Yes, they may have been talking about "Yellow Submarine," which had come out right before that. Uh, no, Abbey Road came out before uh, "Let It Be." Although technically, "Let It Be" was recorded before. Wait. Abby She's right. She's correct. Right. As the Beatles historian, right. she is correct. But, but Yellow Submarine did come out, out a few years. Yeah, I mean. When this came out in 1970, Let It Be had come out right before that. Yeah, I think, wait. And then the Beatles Yellow Yellow Submarine either come out in 68 or 69? Yellow Submarine came yeah, out in 69. It was somewhere around that time. I'm really now, I'm very curious about this Beatles slander. I, oh, <laughs> I think David's taking personal offense to it. I Considering when they wrote the lyrics when they recorded it when it was released i'm going to say that they were talking about yellow submarine i, I that would make sense right right I mean, makes sense right it's not they if they were docking they knocking abbey road that's ridiculous but yeah yellow submarine, like, i can see I mean, that. it is. i mean i i gotta throw it out there i don't disagree abbey road is a perfect album right right yes. right, right well Mm, it's not Whoa, perfect. okay that's you know what now i know that we is a conversation clearly, for another time we clearly should do an episode on <laughs> abbey road we will eventually um well, call me we, we I, anyway go ahead um and every verse ends with and the band played on and the band played on, you know and, and the, the band, band played i can't do it but it, it that indicates no one really cares like no one's challenging these things like mm. all of these social injustices are happening but nobody's really being like But we're going to change this. Yeah, 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 definitely. So the Temptations purposely didn't express a specific opinion about any issues brought up in the song, afraid that doing so would alienate their more conservative fans. Mm. You can kind of catch their drift. You can you can figure out what they're trying to say in some ways just stating the obvious is almost just as powerful they just really hate the beatles and they didn't want to alienate beatles fans (laughs) (laughs) this is really an anti-beatles it's a beatles protest song but the song is catchy as fuck and because it's catchy the song gets stuck in your head and that means the issues they talk about in the song are going to get stuck in your head Mm -hmm. too that's the purpose of it and if it sounds like you know this song from somewhere, but you can't really, you know, place it, you know, maybe some movie, maybe. Is there a movie that it was in? You may remember this performed by the St. Catherine's Covenant Choir led by Sister Mary Clarence, <gasps> a.k.a. Dolores Van Cartier, a.k.a. Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> you gave me a Sister Act song. I did. So, I haven't seen Sister Act 2 in a fucking long time. So they, the choir performed this at an old folks home that they dragged the students to. Oh, that's right. And the students were like sitting there just arms crossed like this is fucking stupid while all of the retirees were like, fuck yeah, ball of confusion. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It, they did a really great job too. There you go. 
St. Catherine's Covenant Choir. And the beat goes on. <laughs> the band plays. Distract two. Who would have known? <laughs> Who would have known? We know it's your favorite movie, David. Don't lie. Yeah. I would say, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I actually, I, I'm pretty sure I've never seen that, but it's gas. Yeah. I don't think I've seen the first one, honestly. Well, triple so. gasp. You I mean, have I think to I, at least see the first one. I think I get the movie though. I think I could write part <laughs> I three. It. I think I could write part three without seeing one or two. But yeah, it How it is a Broadway show you. now though, oh, isn't shit. it? It's been a Broadway show for like well, years. No. <laughs> anyway, oh, anyway, so all right, Sir David. Um, yes. Why don't we keep up the funky beats? Yeah, the hot the hot slam and jams with your next pick. Hot takes and right. the hot and the and the unlike the temptations. <laughs> this is quite a hot take. This is all the tea is being served right this up is in here. Burnt the fuck down. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> when, when you look at when you look at groups that changed the game, mm-hmm. like you know, you can yeah. argue the Beatles, Clash, <laughs> all that, but NWA changed everything you know yep. for rap going forward and and fuck the police is one of those songs so we got to listen to that right now oh yep. hell yes right about now nwa court is in full effect judge gray resigning in the case of nwa versus the police department prosecuting attorneys all mc Fred, ice cube <laughs> and easy motherfucking e order 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 Ice Cube, take the motherfucking stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help your black ass? You goddamn right. But won't you tell everybody what the fuck you gotta say? Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad cause I'm brown. And not the other color, so police think they have the authority to kill a minority. Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one for a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be I, I had to stop because I was like well over. <laughs> I know that you can listen to whoa. the whole thing though. I could listen oh, to the whole man. fucking I that song. God, that song's so good. Like the lyrics are amazing. The fucking beats are slapping. I'm a white girl. The beats are slapping. <laughs> the beats on this rap song are slapping. I'm not Midwestern. Yeah. I'm just a regular white girl. God <laughs> damn it. No, the oh, God, I fucking love that song. Yeah, I mean, it's, I was it's, pumped when you picked him. Like, yes, you got to pick. That. I mean, that's even more like you. So you like rage. All right, man, they're calling out the cops. Like, NWA is like, no, we're we're not even messing around. We're literally the song's called "Fuck the Police." Yeah. We, we don't. But even they're care. like, let us tell you what it's like to be black. Right. Yes. You know. Right. And and it's outlined in there. You know, it's 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 a clever concept to you know it's they're presenting a trial. You know, which most black men probably don't get a fair one so they're gonna they're gonna be the prosecutors yeah. in this case against but the police they're department. also like kind of constantly on trial so right so oh, everybody I, that they pass and on the street mm-hmm. all the time i mean th- so you know this song pretty much the fbi wrote the record company and said we don't like this song <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, oh, I bet somebody's butt hurt. Oh, do you not like that you're like bad people <laughs> and someone called you out for it? Oh, it's no, so weird. And then, so one of the <laughs> FBI people went on to reference that 78 law enforcement officers who were slain in the line of duty during 1988 basically was implying, like, 
yo, this song had something to do with that. It's like, dude, get get out of here. Like, this is what? absurd. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> but yeah, of course, mm. the FBI's always been pissed about everything, you know. But <laughs> you know, it's always angry. Oh, so like angry. Yes, and it's just the bravery. I can't even imagine, like, at this point in in history, being in an all black group and being like, yo, we're putting this record out, right? Like, because mm-hmm. you know shit's coming down yeah once you put this out like you know it's going to be bad times for, for the rest of your time i mean because you got to think like you play shows where your security is literally police officers yes. and like and so you know they had some problems after that like you can't work that shit man those guys were saying you know fuck the police but i don't know the ending's were, great because they yeah. were not allowed to play it at a lot of venues right because of the whole like they were afraid yeah. of like riots and mm-hmm. i mean right. some places yeah. did start riots i think yeah i Granted, think they were yeah. i was just gonna say the only my, my most extensive nwa research is probably like a little bit of wikipedia after watching the document or not the documentary jesus christ the, bi- Compton? the biopic yeah the biopic biopic after watching the biopic yeah i liked the biopic i thought it was all right oh you i know, thought it was I thought, good i really enjoyed I thought, it i thought it was a little clean i thought it was oh, it had some disney oh, sheen on it but of course it did it was i don't say it's, it's not a disney movie. movie it just felt like if you watch a disney movie like remember the titans it's very like yeah all right, just kind if of you have anyway. a disney version of nwa that's yeah it's as as disney as the nwa can be yeah <laughs> but you know ice cube what else can you say about the guy i mean he went on to just he's a legend right i mean yeah. dr dre he's a freaking legend easy mc ren probably doesn't get enough respect Prince. but yeah you know and but the end's great because you know he says uh he he finds the police department guilty of being redneck white bread chicken <laughs> shit motherfucker so he's not wrong that's that's just like that's dropping a the mic. lie no. that's a goddamn lie <laughs> i love their white people accents at the yes. end i'm like yeah that's what we sound like yeah you, thank you thank yes. you <laughs> again like this is one of those songs that you know you throughout the entire thing you're just like they're not wrong they're not wrong they're no, not and i think it opened eyes for a lot of middle white americans youth who didn't know like whoa shit, this is this is well, once again i mean if you're only hanging around with like people like you and you're mm-hmm. not you're never getting pulled over by the police you're never scared to get pulled over like i've never been scared like oh my god they're gonna like ever i'm talking me i've never been afraid you know yeah mm-hmm. and to highlight that like no dude like we can be murdered or beaten or seriously arrested you know i mean it's a number of things that sometimes are rarely justified I, I think it's like a very strong song, you know. And like, even if you are arrested, not killed, not hurt, you're just arrested. Right. You pretty much probably won't get a fair trial and you'll probably get thrown in jail for mm-hmm. something you didn't even do. Yeah. Right. So a lot of white people like us, like just can't even fathom yeah. something like that. Don't even so, never enters your thoughts. Like, yeah, never, you never think about it. You no, know, like. The thing about like NWA and you know the gangster rap, um, like phenomenon that happened in the eighties and nineties, a lot of people, a lot of white people, were scared of it because it was so aggressive and so in your face. But they were so pissed off <laughs> that like, how can they not be? And like being a young white person, I was like, I don't get this. This is kind of scary. 
But being an adult now, it's like, oh, I completely understand why yeah. they were so fucking pissed off. And they have every right, right to be. And I'm really glad that they came out with this when they came out with it because it needed to come out. Because, like, everything with, like, um, the L.A. riots and everything like that was going on at the same time. It was absolutely topical and it was what was needed. But society was not fucking ready for that. Mm-mm. I don't think society still is ready for that, but too bad. Yeah. At this point, this it's, it's have very to, much a too bad. It's a too bad. You have to deal with it now. And I think you brought up a really good point, David, with just like, they really changed the game. Like they were kind of at the forefront of just this, this LA rap sound that was slowly starting to come to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, then it follows with like all these other groups and Tupac and all these other bands who are, or excuse me, rap groups that are just like, hey like we're getting treated like fucking shit over here like we're getting fucking slaughtered and and they really were at the forefront of that and that happens both on the east coast and the west coast because whatever the rivalry is like Mm -hmm. there was common ground with like we're black and we get treated like fucking garbage Mm -hmm. period yeah yeah good pick good pick you gotta think like (laughs) just to book in that before i mean rappers delight people are like yo this is a great rap song like yeah. rappers and it's not a great rap it's terrible i mean if i can I mean, rap it it's, it's if, if i can rap it it's not great okay it's, and i can't right. rap that song it's, it's right it's fine if you don't listen to all 13 fucking minutes of it <laughs> it's if you cor- take it in look, clips <laughs> that's like saying if i have a bike right and i'm like yo this bike's the best way to get around town and then i build a car and you're just like yeah that bike sucks dude like <laughs> That, that's how i look at it okay that was a bicycle anybody was the car you know yeah. it's like right, we couldn't so. get the car without the bicycle but also the bicycle kind of sucks now yeah right oh, so poor bike. the it. bike did its job it served its purpose <laughs> anyway uh we yeah. can put that in the museum too the bike yeah all right in the, the english in museum but <laughs> with the when the queen finally dies yeah, exactly uh and when the queen finally dies we should put up a whole bunch of fucking riot girl shit yeah we can do that yeah let's do that so my next pick is gonna be by bikini kill it's called rebel girl Okay, so maybe this is a little bit more of like an anthem and less of a protest song, but it is also part of the um, the Riot Girl movement, which is yeah. totally a protest movement for women. Oh, oh, look, I'm turning, I'm turning a corner here. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna talk about ladies. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's three different studio versions of Rebel Girl that were recorded by Bikini Kill. The first version appeared on the Split LP. That the group shared with fellow Riot Girl band Huggy Bear in early mm-hmm. 1993. Sporting front and back titles, yeah, 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 for <laughs> Bikini Kill side, 
our troubled youth for huggy bears the split lp was released by independent label kill rock stars and the second version of the song appeared in late 1993 on new radio plus two former runaway and solo artist joan jett an ardent early fan of the band produced it and provided additional guitar and background vocals that's probably Mm. why the guitar is so full Mm. a third version of the song is on the band's full-length album pussy whipped Mm mm-hmm so it touches on themes of feminism beyond the binary, telling girls they don't have to decide their gender or sexuality in a strict sense. Alludes to the reverence Kathleen Hanna held for one of these cool older girls that she knew back in the day. And she wasn't really sure if she wanted to like, like them or be like them. She wasn't sure if she wanted to be with them or just like be them. Mm-hmm. Brings up like a lot of just like questions about how like oh if a woman acts like you know she's not like a stereotypical woman she speaks her mind so they're just ended up being reduced to like a dyke and a slut yeah and it's just like this song about how this riot or this rebel girl is like the fucking coolest shit i have ever seen she doesn't give a fuck she rules the fucking neighborhood she just runs her shit and she doesn't give a fuck and everybody in the neighborhood's like I don't I don't trust her I don't like her she's she makes because she's different because she's different and and the thing that I've always liked about things like you know the riot girl movement bands like bikini kill later la tigra is even like just beyond gender they're like fucking just be yourself treat people with fucking respect go fuck yourself if you can't deal with like a strong woman yeah a non-binary or like transgender person like if you're just going to be here for like black, white, male, female, get the fuck out. Yeah. And I've always appreciated that theme in their songs. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's one of those songs that still is a fucking awesome anthem nowadays for women to like hear and be like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Don't call me a slut because I like to have sex. Like don't, because I, you know, say I, I'm asexual, like, don't call me a freak because I don't like to have sex. Like, it's, it's like, they want people to be celebrated for who they are. Yeah. And I think that's. Which is a solid, important. like, what, 30 years ago that they were saying this? Almost. Yeah. It was 93. So, yes, almost 30 almost fucking 30 years. years 30, ago. Fuck it. It's 30 years ago. Who cares? Oh, my God. <laughs> 30 years ago. Yeah. I was listening to Criss Cross 30 years ago. Mariah Carey's music box is on my five disc CD changer. Oh, you had a five disc? Yeah, I did. Oh. I got it for Christmas. Look at you. All you want for Christmas <laughs> is a five disc CD changer. <laughs> With all Mariah Carey CDs in it. Yeah, um, but yeah, like talk about revolutionary song that yeah. was way beyond its fucking time. Mm-hmm. Um, like words like non-binary and gender fluid were not even a thing back then oh no so kathleen hannah was always on the forefront of shit like that because she actually paid attention yeah i mean she made the beastie boys woke she did (laughs) (laughs) um but she also she got a lot from x-ray specs and polystyrene and she acknowledges that completely Mm -hmm. but it, it all goes back to this whole thing about like don't be fucking racist mm-hmm. don't judge people for who they are mm-hmm. let them be who they are and accept that and like if you don't like them for their personality that's totally different but <laughs> well, and like just because a woman doesn't fit into your mold of what a woman should be 
that doesn't mean they're not a woman. It also doesn't mean they're a feminazi. It doesn't mean they're a slut. It doesn't, it doesn't mean, mean that they cunt. hate men. It doesn't mean that they hate men. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that they're actually living their life as who they want to be. Mm-hmm. God forbid. Yep. And it's sad <laughs> that like, I think this song is still pretty relevant today. Quite relevant. Indeed. That, that is wild. I mean, you're right. I mean, for that, for her to have that message, which is something that's very i mean almost more prevalent than a lot of things today that's it's insane right i mean Mm -hmm. and that song kicks ass i mean on top of that that is uh i kind of feel like slaps anything at this point in time in 2022 oh my um, god but yeah um if anything if any like i guess movement or whatever you want to call it is pervasive (laughs) it's the one that's like it's the gender fluid it's trans it's lgbtqia plus it's everything like that it's like people who realize that they are non-binary that they use different pronouns they're like use these pronouns Mm -hmm. period like and if you're not going to use them then i'm not going to deal with you um so i i kind of feel like that um movement is more forceful in a way because it's it's something that is forcing people to be like one-on-one and be like I am presenting myself to you this is who I am and this is how I want you to address me yeah and that is far more personal and um um confrontational yes than anything else that is happening today does am i making any fucking sense no well, no yeah, sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I think like, the the big thing is like you work around black people right so like yeah you can work you know around not, race and not around, acknowledge it right and you can work around gay people like if you work in a restaurant mm-hmm. you definitely worked around gay people but like for a lot of people my age you know and i'm one that's taken a while to get here we especially southern white men that are like 35 to a certain age have just never met people like this before. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how many transgender people honestly I've ever met, maybe less than a handful. Right. So the, like I said earlier, the less you meet of a person, the more you're going to stick with the ideas you have in your head, just because you're like, I don't, I don't know any of them. So it's, it's going to be a big jump for them. And it is like a hot topic right now. You turn on any of the like right wing radio or like sports talk. They talk about that a lot. dude who cares somebody else realizing who they are and deciding to be that person has absolutely zero effect on your life Mm -hmm. the only effect is that you now have to call somebody who used to be she he or vice versa or vice versa or they they. actually and it sucks more like can you imagine like how pissed off you get at people like still refusing to spare your name right to be somebody who's like Hi, yes, my name is so and so now. Like I this yeah. is my name to now. Somebody this is rejecting how I want to be identified. Like my entire being. That's fucking I can't gross. imagine that because That's I am not that person. Gross. And like it's it is so insane to me that people are so resistant to something that is so simple. Empathy, but then again, the last yeah. two fucking years have shown me <laughs> yeah. that people are so fucking resistant to the simplest, dumbest things that it's like it's infuriating and also like awe-inspiring <laughs> yeah I, people would rather just be right 
than even the capability that they were wrong, you know, like because yeah. they're right in their every, own minds, yep. right? Because they've tied everything to this self of identity, like, well, I've got to be this, this, and this, but if I'm not that, like, they don't want to let it go. That's what I feel a lot of it is like this I, I have to be, I'm this, this, and this. And if I do this, I'm not that anymore. So now who am I? Anyway, this really went places. It did. And we need to get back on track because we've been recording for a minute. So let's oh, go to my Ashley's turn. next fucking pick. Oh, shit. It's my turn. Yes. I have a fuck ton of notes about this oh, one. Oh, God. All right. Great. We're going to zoom through this. I can talk about the troubles again. Yay. Great. Okay. This is Sunday Bloody Sunday by you two. Because of course it is. Of course. Look, Look, this is like <laughs> the only U2 song that I will one. fucking rock the fuck out the to. The only one. It's really? A real- yes. Mm. Okay, it's not the only one. I love Joshua Tree. I think it's perfect. Joshua like, it's Tree a- is not bad. You know, honestly. Side one is great. <laughs> I am here for U2 up until like the late 90s. I'm yeah. with you on that. I, I'm, I like Achtung, baby. That one's not bad. I don't remember. Um, that's good. But that song that you're just good. playing, yeah, it kicks ass. Sunday Blade is Sunday fucking slaps. Yeah, I was into it. <sighs> I can't help it. That's such a fucking good song. But you go through all your notes and then we're going to talk. Okay. We got to. Okay. <laughs> so obviously it being 1983 when the song was released and you two being an Irish band, the song is about the troubles because somehow I always end up talking about the fucking troubles, Mm -hmm. specifically the bloody Sunday incident that happened on January 30th, 1972 in Derry, Northern Ireland. I can't remember if I have explained the troubles in this podcast, even though Like I've attempted, but like, I don't even fucking understand it. So like, I keep trying to explain it and I just end up confusing myself for what it's worth. I think there's a lot of Irish who still don't understand it either. Probably. Cause like, it's not a religious war, but everybody was divided by Protestant religions. It makes no fucking sense. And there's like four different sides and all of them, like two want the same thing and the two want the other same thing. But like, different ways it makes no fucking sense but just to recap Irish listeners yeah I'm sorry but just to recap and put it in the most dumbed down and basic terms the troubles were a conflict in Ireland that started in the 60s between Irish loyalists that wanted Northern Ireland to stay under British rule Mm -hmm. and nationalists that wanted Britain to get the fuck out and unite Ireland and Northern Ireland Ireland into one self-ruled country. Mm -hmm. It lasted through 1998 and quote-unquote ended with the Good Friday Agreement. Over 3,500 people died 
were killed in the four decades of the conflict, including 14 people on Bloody Sunday. Okay. Basically what happened was the Northern Ireland Civil Rights Association planned an anti-internment march in Derry on January 30th, 1972. The march, which held 10 to 15,000 people, was largely peaceful. However, out of nowhere, military paratroopers opened fire on the crowd. Oh, shit. They chased protesters down, cornered them and opened fire, chased them down and shot some in the back and ran some down with armored vehicles, beat the shit out of them and arrested others. Altogether, 26 people were shot and countless others were injured. 14 people died, 13 on the day of the march, and one four months later from his injuries. John Johnston, the man who died four months later, wasn't even in the march. He was just trying to visit a friend when he was caught in the crossfire. Jeez. And pretty much all subsequent investigations into the incident concluded that not only were the paratroopers completely at fault, but all protesters shot that day were unarmed. Yeah. And that was like their excuse for shooting them was like, oh, they had, they were armed. With what? Like, like th- they don't have gun laws or they don't have guns the way we do in America. <laughs> what were they armed with? But like the paratroopers chased some of the protesters into dead end streets and shot them down. Like that's Great. part of the lyrics cool. in this song was that like something like, all the bodies laying on the dead end street. Yeah. It's because the paratroopers chased them there and shot them. Rad. Period. Ugh. Gross. So the paratroopers 100% disobeyed all orders to not chase protesters and not resort to violence, but they super fucked up. All that being said, Sunday Bloody Sunday is U2's reaction to Bloody Sunday, but also their feelings on the Irish conflict as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like they called the song Sunday Bloody Sunday. But the event happened in 1972 and this song was released 11 years later. Mm -hmm. So obviously when they sing the opening line, I can't believe the news today, they're not necessarily talking about this incident. They're talking about the countless fucking incidents before and since. Yeah. Like that it's still happening. It's still going on. It's still happening. It was still happening up until 19 fucking 98. That's insane. What they're talking about is incident after incident after incident. Like, how long is this going to keep happening? How long are we going to have to wake up and hear the news today? Mm -hmm. They're fucking sick of hearing about their friends and neighbors and peers dying. So they made a point of not choosing sides on the lyrics. But again, like the Temptation song, like you can figure out what side they're on. Yeah. (laughs) Originally, the lyrics were a bit more partisan and included the line, don't talk to me about the rights of the IRA, UDA name checking major players in the troubles but they dropped that line so they could make the song less about their opinions and more about challenging what the listener is going to do about the injustices Mm -hmm. in society so maybe elements of the unity yeah and like that's what they were kind of trying to get at with the with the chorus tonight we can be as one tonight you know we're just like how long do we have to sing this song yeah but then a lot of critics came out and were like well yeah this is a a protest song but like the whole chorus is like but let's 
let's just be friends guys but like honestly <laughs> they they're not like totally wrong on that they're not like i i get where they were going but even bono said like this this is a protest song that doesn't get as much its message across very well yeah. it so. is kind of a uh, if wishes and butts were clusters of nuts we'd all had a bowl of granola <laughs> wishes in one hand and shit in the other see which one weighs more yep yeah that's what it is yeah but i i, I get it i think i don't know fuck it yeah, the song I mean, slaps yeah it's a good song peace is hard to sell i mean honestly peace is, hard is. To sell. like in you know even robert f kennedy was basically saying yo if, if we're solving violence to if we're using violence to solve violence we're right back where we started you know yeah and it's gonna it's gonna take a bigger person to I don't know if person exists, but it's, I think it, you it's. Know. I well, think, I mean, when he comes back, right? Who he's coming back soon? RFK. Oh yeah, he's coming right? back to run with Trump. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, when Let's he comes go. back, he's got he's he's selling that piece, bitch. <laughs> there we go. I can't wait. Let's go. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it's interesting that this was kind of U2's breakout hit in the U.S. and it was about something as deeply troubling as the troubles, mm. um, which is a conflict that has affected Ireland for most of its modern history Mm -hmm. and is something that the U.S. and Americans know fuck all about. Mm -hmm. And even with this song, even though like this was such a huge hit in the U.S., people still have no fucking, I don't have any fucking clue. I can't even begin to understand the troubles. You would have to study world history pretty extensively and probably take a course in Irish history. Not even world history. You need to specifically study Irish history to understand what the fuck is going on. Because I, I can't, you can't, you cannot read a Wikipedia article on the troubles and understand what's going on. I have asked an Irish friend to explain the troubles to me. He was just like, no what <laughs> what do you uh, where do i fucking start right there's nowhere to start because it doesn't even just start in the 70s like this shit has been happening it starts with britain bitch it's got, it's got roots like they, everything they britain's done they fucked it up yeah anyway um <laughs> but also like it the composition of the song makes sense because it starts out and through the entire song you get the military drum roll yep um which totally works with a song that is about basically the military gunning down innocent people yeah so um and it's one of the the most well-known i think protest songs of the 80s 100 mm-hmm. percent. and one of u2's most well-known and most played songs i think they played and most it- liked yeah they have <laughs> even people who don't like u2 are like but yeah. Sunday, bloody Sunday. I think they played it's I read somewhere that they played it like over 600 times live. I bet. So, yeah, it's still a really fucking great song. It's it stuck in your head. It's a good tune. Indeed. Yeah. Well, speaking of good tunes, our I last think, round. Yeah, it's our last round. I think David's ending his on a real good tune. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good tune. Uh, what's right. going on? What's going on by Marvin Gaye? So, mother, mother, there's too many of you to cry. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some. 
Yeah, you pick solid fucking champs. <laughs> well, that's that's a wow, like, I listen to that song forever. Um, this is yeah, the so, nicest way of saying you fucked up. Oh my god, yeah. it really is though. <laughs> hey, y'all fucked up, but I'm gonna say it real nice. Yeah, but anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. No, yes. you. Uh, it, so I mean, it was inspired by a police brutality incident. So I guess mm-hmm. all of my songs are essentially. You thanks, got a theme, please. Yes, I, <laughs> unknown to that. me at the time, but <laughs> but like we were saying about the last song and that until everyone's willing to just let go of their ego and move on we're it may be impossible right i mean let's just be real i mean there's people like martin luther king jr that come along and those guys are once in a million you know and and it's rare and when that guy came and he got killed it was kind of like oh shit like Like, what hope is there for anything else right if this guy can get killed I mean, who's, who has there been since him that's even on that level? Like that was, that was one of the cleanest messages of all time, especially in a time mm. where, I mean, shit was crazy, you know? Yeah. yeah. And. Cause this came know, out I, around the same time ball of, ball of confusion came out. Yeah. Around a little bit period, after, yeah. I think. Yeah. So I don't know. Marvin Gaye's life was ended violently. I mean, it's just. Yeah. I always, I hate it because whenever I hear the song, like, I love the song. It's beautiful. It's a great tune but i always think about like the fucking tragic end that yeah. marvin gay had like mm-hmm. oh it's it's awful and yeah, yeah you're right like yeah. the weird secular kind of like way that this takes with like yeah. you know the tragic events that his song is based off of the tragic events that happened to him mm-hmm. it sucks so i don't i mean there is hope in it you know and you know, maybe the next, I always say maybe the next generation is going to be better than the one before. I mean, cause yeah. we are, I mean, people for the most part seem to be improving. I, mm-hmm. Maybe not all the people, but if a small percentage of people are improving, maybe get better. I, yeah. I don't know. All you can do is just, you know, and I mean, and maybe have- I was just gonna say like, maybe you see this in your kids. I definitely see this in my niece and nephews. They are very, they're definitely more progressive in their just general personalities and ways of thinking. Like, I feel like the younger generations are coming up and just kind of like, yeah, they're they're kind of like, this is the norm for us. Yeah. is being accepting. Yeah. And not discriminating. Empathy seems to be a little bit more on the table for them than it has been for our generations. Just take a second and examine what the fuck you're doing and how it's affecting other people and how it relates to society a little bit and um you know take a look look at yourself look at your choices and see what you're doing how it affects others and you know also get down with this sweet funky fucking beat yeah, it's, it's it's just a great song i, I mean marvin gay is amazing song. right and i mean marvin yeah. gray is Mar- marvin gray marvin gay is a fucking ah, yeah. amazing musician so yeah so there you go I I was happy to end on that. I think that's a great one for me to end on. That is a splendid tune. Much appreciated that you brought it to the table. Um, And mine kind of going in the same Mm -hmm. pattern as yours, I would say. A little more modern. More modern, but I would say same pattern. 
So my last pick is going to be Freedom by Beyonce. fucking jam (laughs) (laughs) i'm a sucker for a big drum beat oh god yeah this is off of um her 2016 album lemonade and lemonade like i came to lemonade late i'm not even gonna lie like i knew a couple of the songs i knew this one and uh the other one that i can't remember right now uh but then a couple years ago i visited and i was like this album is so good (laughs) so this is also a collaboration with kendrick lamar who is also another very politically charged Mm -hmm. artist so checks the strength and this is amazing yeah and this is very much inspired by black lives matter throughout the song the two take on systemic racism and injustices dating all the way to slavery in the united states found towards the end of an album that kind of primarily deals with her and jay-z's marital issues yeah i was gonna say this is an interesting song to find on an album that's all about jay-z cheating on her yeah it's an interesting album Mm. at this point in the album she's found her strength right like yeah if you listen to lemonade at first it's all, all like holy shit how could you do this to me you're an asshole then it's like fuck you i'm a strong ass bitch and then it's like <laughs> you don't fucking watch out you're gonna lose this shit and then it turns in from like the micro issues of her world into the macro ones of her community okay and this is unlike many protest songs where they mostly point out the issues and how things need to change Beyonce wants to be the change and literally says she will break her chains. This is also to encourage those listening to follow suit. Don't give up because they all deserve freedom. And Kendrick's verse, which unfortunately I didn't play, primarily deals with the plight of the black man getting murdered by police and the media saying it was okay because of dozens of reasons that they just make up because they're like, but look, he's black. He smoked a marijuana. If he joint had just once. followed the rules, then he if, wouldn't have gotten shot. You know, yeah. If he just didn't break the law, unlike all the white men who have shot up many people and got brought to fucking Burger King. I'm sorry. Unlike, you know, all of the Bundys. But yeah, you it's know, fine. Yeah, that, is, that is that is odd, isn't it? It is odd that you can. Isn't it crazy? It's wild. Yes, it's so can, wild. Yeah. So I don't, Kendrick though is he's the absolute truth like mm, he is yeah. I mean Kendrick's working amazing. today one of my favorite artists without without a, I mean he's just amazing so I, I can't wait for he's supposed to put out something this year I can't wait I, yeah. I mean I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm a huge Beyonce fan I don't think I don't think her songs are geared toward me but I, I did, did that. I did <laughs> not that entirely album. yes but that I give it a listen I did enjoy stuff I heard on it so it's not one I go back and repeat but that's fair. some albums fair. like that yeah they're She's... so culturally big you have to listen to them right so oh yeah, yeah absolutely she 
has kind of geared up to this song yeah like even formation that was the other song in the song thank you yeah like formation is is kind of like subdued like yeah let's i'm a woman it's it's a women very, can it's, fucking do this it's a very also, amazing like she's not just a woman like it is a great song it's like she's a, a black I'm a proud woman. black woman yeah and i do like formation and a lot of people reference that as their her like big protest song from this album but i yeah. like freedom because freedom is just like formation is just the gear up to freedom yes i think so because I mean, it's like don't get me wrong i love formation but freedom formation is, like, is like i'm feeling myself I'm a I'm a proud black woman. These yeah. are my roots. Yeah. I'm laying out the the foundation for this. And freedom is like when she turns to the camera and says, I fucking see you. Yeah. And fuck you if you treat black people like shit. Fuck you if you think you're better because you're fucking not. We're gonna break our goddamn chains yeah. and we're gonna fucking come for you. We're not even gonna come for you. We're just gonna fucking do our yeah. thing and you can go fuck yourself. Also, Jay-Z stop cheating on me. Also, seriously, Jay-Z. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are with be fucking on yeah. Where do you go from there? Down. That is, that is, I think about that. Seriously. I do think about that time <laughs> time. Like we live in a world where. I like where, that you think about Beyonce's personal life on your I think about Jay-Z, Jay-Z being with Beyonce. I'm like, dude, this just shows like dudes. I'm just telling it out there for the guys. If you just get, just be rich and the sky's the limit because there's no other world that guy's with her like i'm sorry oh, but yeah she- yeah there's no other world that first of all jay-z is with beyonce but then jay-z gets to cheat on somebody else right or gets to cheat on beyonce with somebody else like crazy really Insane. you don't deserve beyonce because she took you back and Seriously. she didn't have to but she's like we got a kid we got a relationship i want to work on this and now they have I'm a goddamn kids. adult she's a goddamn adult yeah and he's not yeah that's true anyway i'm sorry he is a lucky goddamn son of a this, bitch. This song's about everything. It's about like fucking just fucking. Can we stop being racist pieces of shit? And Jay Z don't cheat on Beyonce. Honey, we're we're formed on racism. God damn it! It's it's a little more complicated than that. Trash. But yeah, all right. Well, we're all we're all trash. We are all trash. Speaking of trash, why don't you finish up with something more upbeat than any of us have brought to the table? It's it's not more upbeat, but, but it is about know. white people, I guess. But we don't know if it's more upbeat because it's in German. It is in German. Um, it's got a sick-ass keyboard riff, though. It does. So this is 990 Luftballons oh. by Nena. Die band. <laughs> D-band, but okay. <laughs> Captain Kirk. Yeah, she does say <laughs> Captain Kirk. So did you guys get all that? Did you yeah, get it? Yep. Yep. I okay. um I speak yeah. German fluently. You know what she said? So yeah, I don't have yeah. to explain Die it. Die band. Die band. <laughs> yeah. 
99 luft balloons. 909 sink luft balloons. Oh my God. Look at me. I know German. So uh, this is actually an anti-war protest song by West German band Nana. So guitarist Carlo Cargis was inspired to write the song after attending a Rolling Stones concert in West Berlin. Well, shit. At the end of the show, the band released a bunch of balloons into the air. So he watched them as they floated away and noticed how they seemed to change shape and they resembled spacecrafts. Was he on acid? May, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That was not in any of the articles. That I wasn't read. in the notes. Um, you know what? He was. All right. We're going to say he was. He imagined what would happen if one of them floated over the wall into East Berlin, then controlled by the Soviet government. Mm. So he crafted a story about kids who buy balloons and release them and they're mistaken for UFOs by the military. A general sends pilots to investigate the spacecrafts and the pilots make a show of attacking them. Mm-hmm. Bordering nations see this and take it as an act of war, sparking a multi-nation war with cataclysmic outcomes, devastation on all sides, and no clear winner. And all of this was because of something as innocent and harmless as balloons. Oh. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that description you just gave is <laughs> what that song's about? Yes. Yes, it's crazy. We could go right now to anyone who's ever heard that song and be like, "What?" I guarantee you, less than five percent of the people would ever know that. Yes, that is why I picked this because it's so fucking out in left field. It's ridiculous, and like even when you hear the English version, it makes no fucking sense because the translation was fucking stupid. Well, the only part that I think kind of checks out is like. 95 decision street 95 worry worry super scurry call up the troops now in a hurry yeah like the english translated lyrics are vaguely militaristic vaguely yes very vaguely but they make no fucking sense honestly if you're gonna listen to it in english show you might as well just listen to the goldfinger version because it's in english it's better yes but if you're gonna listen to it in german you listen to nana version um i would suggest just listening to the german version and looking up a literal translation of the lyrics yeah i mean that works too because the guy that translated the lyrics and like it's hard to translate lyrics from german into english and make them make sense yeah and make them have a linear story and like the the dude did the best he could but like it's still like vaguely militaristic but it makes there's no actual storyline yeah but i assume this is just very much um a protest about the fucking berlin wall yes east and west berlin and all of the shit that goes with it it's very much inspired by world war ii and Mm. by the division of east and west berlin and east and west germany um but overall it's just like war's fucking stupid there's no clear yeah. winner so yeah these balloons are supposed to symbolize the hopes and dreams of the german people prior to world war ii then the war came and obliterated everything and their hopes and dreams were lost but in the end of the song the main character is walking through the devastation and finds one balloon indicating these hopes and dreams are still there despite the post-war devastation. The last line says, 
Denk und dich und lass ihn fliegen, which means I think of you and let it go. Oh, she says that in the real song or the English song. Excuse me. Yeah, she said that's an actual literal translation that actually works. Wow. From German to English. So she's and that means I think of you and let it go. So the balloon and Germany's aspirations live on. Oh, and the English version titled 99 red balloons Mm -hmm. which is not what left balloons means oh is a competent translation but the message gets muddled there's no linear or understandable storyline which is probably why the english version didn't do as well in the u.s as the german version which hit number two on the billboard charts when it charts when it was released in 1984 then why they even bother putting out an english version because like the german one did so good and the english are obsessed with or the Americans are obsessed with everything in English. Yeah, you're so, right, you're right. You know, well, they figured, hey, an English version would do great, but it didn't. It didn't. Turns out it didn't. Because the translation makes no sense. <laughs> well, shit. And it actually sounds better in German. It does. Um, probably because you don't know about the bleak message that she's singing about. You really don't. You think no. it's just about cute little balloons. You do. That you do. Yeah. But also love balloons just means air balloons. Oh. Well, shit. If it was red balloons, it would be rot balloons. I guess we learned a lot today about German. You're welcome. I did. I learned a lot about that song. So there we go. Yeah, and that's the gr- that's the crazy thing is that people don't realize the song is about war, <laughs> and like this crazy like military campaign to go after these fucking balloons that they think are spacecraft, and then it starts an nihilistic fucking war between nations yeah that checks actually yeah i think it's pretty great it's a good song it's a great song it's got a killer fucking keyboard riff that keyboard riff saves it it's about it's a protest song about the military and you can dance to it and that's all i give a shit about (laughs) there you go (laughs) i'm gonna put that shit on the jukebox i don't give a fuck all right we're doing it (laughs) Uh, jukebox you gotta put on the jukebox (laughs) down there david all right, let's go. All, All right, jukebox. let's go. Next time we're in Nashville. We're coming down. You. We're putting on the jukebox. That's what we're doing. That's a, that's an open invitation. Let's go. Today we're going to dance and be like, this is about war. <laughs> <laughs> Loved balloons doesn't mean red balloons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Captain Kirk, am I right? I mean, that's the only thing. She, I, I know what she's saying. <laughs> Is that literally that is Captain? She is saying Captain Kirk. She is saying oh. Captain Kirk because she's saying that the military pilots are acting like they're Captain Kirk. Oh, she's calling them out. Yeah, she's hmm. reading them for filth. It's a, it's a dig. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh man, well, this has been a journey, indeed, a political journey, a deep ass journey. A delightful. It's going to be an editing journey for me next week. <laughs> but uh no it was wonderful this was so much fun david thank you so much for being here and like sharing your time with us and these and you know fucking jams. thank you for being a friend down the road and back again if i watch that show i would keep going but i know what you're referring to you get it. you know what you get the reference and that's all that matters yes. what also matters is telling everybody about your show because unlike well, us, you. yeah. you're going to keep going. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, well, I am sad to see that you ladies are hanging it up for now. So whatever that means, you know, you can, anyone can retire. Anyone can come out of retirement. Let's put Indefinite it like that. hiatus. There you go. That just means taking a break for a long time. But I, I do want to thank you for time. inviting me on. I've wanted to come on for a long time. So it was <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. But you can check out 
podcast I do. It's me and my friend, John. It's called Blame Your Brother. We do it every Thursday night. We stream it live on YouTube, but you can just go search Blame Your Brother on any podcast platform. It's so it's just me and him talking about pop culture. So we'd like mm-hmm. movies and TV shows and, and funny news stories and relevant news stories. We'll obviously talk about um, Betty White passing away. Of and course. Bob Saget. And, you know, oh my all, God. All, yeah, and you guys t- usually do like a Mount Rushmore best of list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every week we, so this week, I mean, whenever, who doesn't really matter. Uh, I think we're doing uh, the worst sequels of all time since 2021. <laughs> oh yeah, so we do a Mount Rushmore every week, and it's just two guys hanging out, and you know, y'all are like life. really on top of like the fucking like yeah. You got your finger on the pulse as far as like news and pop culture shit goes, though. Like I swear, every week you're like, we're gonna talk about this. I'm like, how the fuck? Like, how do you know literally, this? <laughs> literally, like came out like the minute you recorded. I I'm digging for stories like <laughs> up until we go. <laughs> And you know it's it's two different perspectives a little bit. I mean, yeah. we we've known each other our whole life, but John is a he's religious man. He's a Mormon who's from mm-hmm. originally from up north, and I'm a guy. Yeah, that he used was to be born religious. in New York, wasn't he? Yes, he was born in New York, lived in Baltimore. Yeah, and here I am. I used to be religious, and now I'm far <laughs> away from it. So you know, but you know, we're we're best friends, and we we go at it. So it's fun. So if you want to go check that out, it's called Blame Your Brother. We'd appreciate it if not. Highly entertaining. Yeah, no, seriously, check it out. They are a delight to be had for sure. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you and love you. We'll be back again next week with another crazy, wacky pod friend, um, end times, friend times, <laughs> end episode. times, friend times. <laughs> and we can't wait to see you there. And until then, party on Ashley. Uh, you have, you're drinking my beer. So. <laughs> And party on, David. Party on. Yay. And party on, you crazy kids out there. Bye. Bye.